you already mastered this device more than I know how to do. <laughs> That's pretty good. So thinking since it's still not even if we don't have a formal and I haven't prepared a, uh, our normal class in the Kali Sasanama or the Bhagavatam, it's still nice to have some satsang. Yeah. Absolutely. Even if it's much more informal. And so this morning, literally just my morning coffee on the swing, it's, I have various seating areas for various types of my morning <laughs> like I, I there's one type of reading that's done on that seat over there one type it's over on this way I'm not attached non-attachment is the secret so <coughs> this morning one of my common morning books is very light reading the Swami uh, Vivekananda and the four, the four yogas and the yogas and other works are just a very nice collection of some of the essential things that Swami uh, you okay on the floor? Is it okay? You can sit over here. Oh, the sun. The sun's a little bit. How are you? Um, uh, but, uh, it's a very nice collection. Swami Vivekananda, the four yogas, and some of the most important of the other. It's kind of the famous lectures. Kind of the greatest hits of Swami Vivekananda. Because really, Swami Vivekananda's complete works are in nine volumes. And, uh, uh, and they're being re-edited right now. So it's a, it's a very big thing. There'll be a whole, probably be more, nine, more than nine volumes reorganized, wow. and, um, slightly unedited because they've been overly edited, wow. and so they're kind of going back to earlier sources. That some things are ch were changed, maybe for convenience or to clarity of understanding, but sometimes it, it changes the meaning. Sometimes, yeah, so, yeah. There's historical reasons also. And I know, like some uh, sister Niverita, she she was editing a lot of Swamiji's. He said, well. Because Swamiji didn't write, he spoke, right? And spoken English is different than written English. And he wasn't a native speaker also, so, so it was, they edited and made it, they cleaned it up. And, and thank God for that, because that's what made the book popular probably, but, but it's interesting. Uh, and they're going to be reorganized. We know Swami, you, you, you meet Swami Atmarupananda? Mm, maybe before your time in California. He was the head of the Bharata Society in, um, in San Diego for many, 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 many years. Now he's living in India full time. He's he's American Swamiji, but he's trained in India, so he speaks Bengali, Hindi, Sanskrit, and so he's doing. That's one of his major works. I'm very excited for that to come out. Anyways, <coughs> not by plan. But we should talk on this thing. It says, this is what this is what I was reading this morning. I was reading that. I got I got a little inspired. <laughs> Doesn't happen to me very much. I'm not a very inspired person or inspiring person. But this is. But Swamiji was inspired and inspiring. <laughs> That's always good. Uh, so the, the the lecture is called Work and Its Secret. Delivered at Los Angeles, January 14th, 1900. I wonder if the place is, it doesn't mention the place. The place may be known, but I don't. This place not mentioned. And of course, yeah, it wasn't. It may have been. Oh, he stayed in Pasadena. He stayed in that home. So he spent quite a bit of time in Los Angeles, you know, but lecturing in various churches and halls and things like that. So I don't know. Here is that mentioned. But this is like a, a series and a collection. You know, the next one is the powers of the mind and. You know, uh, people know Swami Vivekananda very often. He's very uh, affirming, life-affirming. You have the strength to do something. You know that. You know everything is there. Manifest your divinity. So it's a little bit in that. This is that that category of thought. And this is a to this is a topic. It's popular now, even with so many motivational speakers and things like that. But it was popular back then. You know, there's a wonderful, really a genius lecture of Swami Ramatirtha, 
who came to this country in like 1907 or something like mm -hmm. that. So after Samiji, um, something like that. He also has a wonderful called, I think, uh, this. I don't think it's work. It maybe the secret of work, or maybe <laughs> almost identical title, you know, or the secret of success. I mean, that's also brilliant. A little, a very, you can see very contemporary, very modern. If you're to go to a seminar now, some of those same points, but from a uh, overtly spiritual perspective, very Vedantic perspective. So this is that same. So work and its secret. So can anybody guess what Samaji thinks the secret of work is? <laughs> Knowing what you know, Swami Vivekananda does. What do you think? Give me more tea. <laughs> What's that? You're good. <laughs> That's the very first sentence of this lock texture. <laughs> right? He's a, Swami Vivekananda is a great lover of the Gita. Right? And this is ultimately the message of the Gita. Right? Mm. One of the greatest lessons I have learned in my life is to. Well, Third sentence. Sorry, but I'll set it up. Is to pay m as much attention to the means as to the of the work as to the ends. He was a great man from whom I learned it, and his own life was a practical demonstration of the, this great principle. I have always been learning great lessons from this one principle, and it appears to me that all secrets of success is there to pay much as much attention to the means as to the end. Now this is that's in a, it's not obvious, but it, that's actually saying be attached to the to do your work but don't be attached to the fruit because the end is another way of saying the fruits of action the results of action right so and and of course we, we know I mean if you want you know if you want to, uh, to get a, a result you have to work towards that result right? uh, but the Gita says you have the right to work not to the fruits so it's a very interesting thing how we know without we can't get the fruits without a, without work but work is more important we have to concern ourselves only with the work, not the results. Our great defect in life is that we are too much drawn to the ideal. The goal is so much more enchanting and so much more alluring, so much bigger in our mental horizon. Like we lose sight of the details altogether. Because we really, this morning I was, when I was reading, I was thinking, a common thing we want to encourage each other in spiritual life is, Never lose sight of the ideal. Never lower the ideal. We have God realization as our goal. You know that's you know that longing for the for the ideal, right. <coughs> and that's it's even. I mean, I got inspired for the longing of the ideal from the writings of Vivekananda and Sri Ramakrishna and like that. But sometimes we're so enamored by the ideal we forget that it. You have to do things to get there. There is you know not we get so it's 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 more fun to think to imagine the goal rather than the details of the work right. <coughs> we are too much drawn to the other goal is so much more enchanting, so much more luring, so much bigger in our mental horizon that we lose sight of the detail altogether. But whenever, whatever failure comes, if we analyze it critically, in 99% of cases we shall find that it, be, it is because we did not pay attention to the means, proper attention to the finishing, proper attention to, to the finishing, strengthening of the means is what is needed. With the means, sorry, with the means all right, the end must come. We forget it is a we forget that it is the cause that produces the effect, and an effect cannot come by itself. And unless we call the causes are exact, proper, and powerful, the effect will not be produced. So 
it's, it's uh, thinking of we, we we talk about cause and effect. We know that that uh, like a uh, I, I was actually some uh, years ago. I may have mentioned this before. I had a those one of those plasticky bracelets that people they're very popular in different colors. They all have different meanings. Some good, some bad. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know that. So at at Babahar, we went to the Babaharidas at Mat Madonna and the gift shop. They had a a clear plastic one with it said it says regular sadhana on the on the thing right and i thought that was like it's like where's the middle it's good i mean i was a bop one it's a good reminder daily regular sadhana is a, is a good thing to have but then i was asking the lady at the counter he says oh because every time you know people ask baba haridas questions and he writes chalkboard after chalkboard after chalkboard of answers whenever we ask him a question he tells us regular sadhana <laughs> I mean, the disciple, the close disciples, he only gives the same answer, regular sadhana, it should be the same answer. And, 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 uh, and I saw him do that once also. He's, somebody asked, you know, what's, you know, some detail about, about you know, what's, what's the secret of attaining the goal of yoga? He says, well, the secret of, the secret of everything is proper practice because it's a cause and effect relationship. If you do the, if you do the, if you want a certain goal, then the, that goal is produced by a certain cause. And if we, so by focusing on the goal is great. We don't lose track of, we don't, we don't uh, lose our aim and object, as our Guruji used to say, never, God is your aim and object. But we can focus on that and never think of the things that are necessary to get to that goal. So the ca- causes, effects are caused by causes. Not too complicated. It's <laughs> a part to say. Effects are caused by causes. So we focus on the cause and the effect will naturally be there. Once the ideal is chosen, the means determined, we may almost let go of the ideal because we are sure it will be there when the means are perfect. When the cause is there, there is no more difficulty about the effect. The effect is bound to come. If we take care of the cause, the effect will take care of itself. The realization of the ideal is the effect. The means are the cause. Attention to the means, therefore, is the greatest secret of work. We, all, we have also read in the Gita, and learned that we have to work, constantly work with all our power, put our whole mind into the work, whatever it may be that we are doing. At the same time, we must not be attached. That is to say, we must not be drawn away from the work by anything else. Still, we must be able to quit the work whenever we like. And that's something is that, uh, I, I was also these are all, I'm just remembering what I was thinking this morning, but we can discuss anything, but Sami, uh, it's Anusha's documentary on Sami Gambirananda that she did. And she asked somebody who was a great, one of the great presidents of the Ramakrishna order, a spiritual giant. Um, uh, uh, he was the, I think, the 11th president of the Ramakrishna Mutton Mission, 11th or 12th, I think. Um, and uh, she asked, what, what is your um, spiritual practice? Right? What is the secret of spirit? What is your spiritual practice? And he said, non-attachment. He was very grave. Nobody could enter, but he would give a little hint. But also, like, his work was running the entire giant international movement of the Ramakrishna Mutton Mission, mission. Right. and then uh, a successor who is now just elected the president, the, the, the present president of the Ramakrishna Mission was elected last week as a president, Sami uh, Smaranananda, she also asked him, because at that time he was the general secretary, which is the administrative head of the, of the mission, and she says, Swamiji, you're always so calm, and yet you're doing so much, all the problems come to your desk, and you're so calm. He says, yes, the secret is you act, uh, you act as if everything's really important, 
right? But you know that nothing's really important, right? You can let it go at any time. But then you realize it's actually really important. Right? <laughs> you know, like it's a normal mental attitude. The idea, but also it's a little bit like, you know, it's like we, we want a result, spiritual or material, and we get attached, and then we start, we get, uh, and then we start focusing on the on, on the work. But then we can get attached to the work, mm-hmm. and the idea that even that you can let let go, even do that without attachment, it's not so easy. If we examine our own lives, we will find the greatest cause of sorrow is this: we take up something and put our whole energy into it. Perhaps it is a failure, and yet we can we cannot give it up. Even when we fail, we can't give it up. We know that it's hurting us that any further clinging to it will simply bring misery upon us. Still we cannot tear ourselves away from it. A bee came to sip honey, but its feet got stuck in the honey pot and it could not get away. Again and again we find ourselves in that state, that the whole st- that is a whole story of life. We, why are we here? We have come here to sip honey, and we find our hands and feet sticking to it. We are caught, though we came to catch. We came to enjoy, and we are being enjoyed. We came to rule and we are being ruled. We came to work and we are being worked. All the time, all the time we find that. And this is seen in every detail of our lives. We are being worked upon by others' minds. We are always struggling to work on those, though we are always struggling to work on those minds. We want to enjoy the pleasures of life and they eat into our vitals. We want to get everything from nature, but we find that in the long run that nature takes everything from us, depletes us, and casts us aside. Had it not been for this, life would have been all sunshine. Never mind. With all its failures and successes, with all its joys and sorrows, life can still be one succession of sunshine if only we are not caught. Suffering ends up, Buddha said, attachment, uh, desire and attachment leads to suffering. That is the one cause of misery. We are attached. We are being caught. Therefore, says the Gita, work constantly. Work, but be not attached. Be not caught. Resolve unto yourself the power of detaching yourself from everything. Including the smoke. However, beloved, we work. Oh, sorry, uh, we're going to work constantly. Work, but be not attached. Be not caught. Resolve unto yourself the power of detaching yourself from everything. However, beloved, however much the soul might yearn for it, no matter how great the pangs of misery you would feel if you were not going to, le- if you were going to leave it. Still reserve the power of leaving it whenever you want. The weak have no place here, in this life or in any other. Weakness leads to slavery. Weakness leads to all kinds of misery, physical and mental. Weakness is death. There are hundreds of thousands of microbes surrounding us, but they cannot harm us unless we become weak, until the body is ready and predisposed to receive them. There may be a million microbes of misery floating around us. Never mind. They dare not approach us. They have no power to get a hold on us until the mind is weakened. This is the great fact. Strength is life, weakness is death. Strength is felicity, life eternal, immortal. Weakness is constant strain and misery. Weakness is death. Now this is not that, you know, like the weak people are, you know, 
which is not a way to beat up on weak people. You know, Swamiji also spent his whole life uh, serving the downtrodden and things like that. That's not what's meant. But that example is very, I think, is a beautiful, very nice example. That if you know, we're surrounded by germs all the time, and if you're, we have a weak system, you know, every, you know, every kid sneezes near you, you're gonna get sick. Happens to me all the time. You know, <laughs> 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 you know. but some people have, oh, they're very strong, they're in good health, and strong immune systems, and you know, they, they almost never get sick. Some Omananda says, I've, it's, it's been seven, 17 years, I haven't gotten a cold, yeah. right? And the boys are constantly sick. Yeah. Right? They're different. We should. You know, do yoga and pranayama, get yourself strong. It's a thing once in a while, but it's a big statement actually. Never somebody who's never been. I think I've seen him. I've seen him have uh, have a cold once, all these years. You know, <coughs> but it says what? But the weakness that he says is the cause of weakness is attachment. It's, it's, it's an interesting idea. So that's a, this is one of the Swami's fam- famous. Like you have, we have a new. Some Vivekananda gave us a new lexicon, like weakness. What strength is life? Weakness is death. Religion is means realization. He has all these like, like things that are like new definitions. Uh, 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 but then he, but so that's for oh, strength is life and weakness is death. But what is, what is defined by weakness and strength? Strength is the ability to, to leave something, and 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 weakness is attachment to something. And, and and usually in the material sense, the strong people are very attached. You know, so it's a different defi- it's a very different definition. Right? Because actually, if you think, uh, like if we're attached, something simple. I mean, like like even not so simple things. You know, it's like take smoking, right? You know, it's like it may be very enjoyable. Somebody may get a kick out of it. It may have an effect on the nervous system and emotionally and social like that. But you know, by the second pack, now you're addicted. That's the problem, right? You know, it's like once you're addicted, then addicted means you don't longer have freedom. Mm-hmm. The idea of somebody, oh, you should quit smoking, you start like, no, no, I don't have a problem. You know, I can quit anytime. You know, like it, the heart starts, the idea of losing. And then it's understandable. There's a chemical reason that people are addicted, perhaps. There's an emotional reason people are addicted. But it's still a fact that some dried up plant is now controlling our controlling our lives rather so the thing we went to enjoy but now we're being enjoyed we lose our freedom so we lose our freedom if we lose our freedom to i mean we can lose our freedom to tyrants maybe that's happening i don't know <laughs> like so the big stuff and then that's that's that, that seems it seems to be that way you know we're still so join the resistance everybody uh, we'll cover the microphone anyway right but uh, uh we'll see what happens but that's understand. That's different. But 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 you can see. Even, even but but t- to lose it over like, like because chocolate tastes good, you know. <laughs> like to lose your freedom because something tastes good for a second on the tongue, you know that 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 type of thing is like uh, that's that's weakness. That's that's the point. You know, weak strength and weakness is not being defined. Well, well, uh, weakness is death and strength is life. Weakness and death is not being described, not being defined, is is not being defined by physical power over somebody else, or lack of power over somebody else, right? It's being uh, being whether or not one is controlled by their desires, their likes and dislikes. You know, we're told it's hard enough, and we're told in yoga we have to control our uh, our, our desires, and our therefore that's hard. Right, and so, but desires are in two in two realms. There's our likes and our dislikes, and so and we sometimes think of that 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 if somebody tells you, oh, like maybe somebody may have told me this, that oh, you know, Samaji, you drink too much coffee. 
this hypothetical completely. <laughs> not real. Yeah. You know? I mean, a friend, a friend of mine <laughs> drinks too much coffee. <laughs> right. Swami, yeah. I know. That's another Swami I know who drinks even who drinks too much coffee. Um, uh, uh, and so, uh, so you please stop or reduce. So with some difficulty, maybe a lot of difficulty, one can give up something one wants to do. But try to do something that you don't want to do, or eat something you don't like. Mm. To eat, to not eat something you like is hard, right? But to eat something you don't like, that's much harder. <laughs> so these like, so our attachment to likes and dislikes, we complete. We're, we've lost all freedom in a certain over silly things, mm. you know. So sometimes there's a spir- there are there are spiritual practices where you constantly eat, do things you don't want to do, <laughs> right? Or or uh, some sannyasi they probably call it choiceless eating. Like whatever comes, and that's part of like when you're going begging or you're wandering, like that, whatever comes to you that you eat, mm. right? And Buddhists also do the same thing. Whatever comes into the into the bowl that they eat, right? Uh, whether they like it or they not, and even whether it goes against the religion or not, they whatever comes in the bowl they eat, right? That's a it's a harsh because because their attachment to the religious ideals also. Mm. You have to. It's an interesting. It's not an excuse to. Oh, I mean, sometimes you know you're following your own. Um, Desire sometimes is, you know, like I want fresh food and healthy food. You know, that's not a bad desire. But all of us, but you can see, there's even now that they've, they've made it a, a, a psychological disorder, right? The attachment to really clean, pure food, right? <laughs> Which is a weird thing to do, right? But there is, I mean, and, 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 and they haven't been given, some people think it's a fake disorder, right? It's a, a, a like, but like most mental, dis- most mental, ca- these are, it's not any fixed thing. But the person who, who came up with the name of it, he says, oh, you know it when you see it. And it's true. <laughs> There's no one thing. Healthy food's good for you. But some people, like, they're like, oh, my God. They can't even look at something with some chemical in it or something like that. Like, we, should, we should eat healthy food. But we can, it can, it become, we can, be, we can we lose our freedom to it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Anyway, it's interesting. The definition. Attachment to the source. Attachment is is the source of all our pleasure now. We are attached to our friends, to our relatives. We are attached to our intellectual and spiritual work. We are attached to external objects, and so we get pleasure from them. What again brings misery but this very attachment? We have to detach ourselves to earn joy. Notice that we get we get pleasure from it from our attachments, but we but we get joy from becoming detached. The difference between joy and pleasure. It's a very nice different definition. So I, our Guru Bai, I, we have a, a senior Guru Bai, uh, that he wrote also the difference between sat- between gratification and satisfaction. Right. Uh, that that uh, was his language. Samaji is between uh, between pleasure and joy. And you see, he says that uh, uh, junk food gives grat- sat- uh, gratification. And healthy food gives satisfaction, mm. <laughs> long-term health, <laughs> like that. You know, the, so you can see almost anything that's immediate that satisfies us that or gratifies us immediately. It's it's good, right? And it has its maybe there's a place for it, but it doesn't bring long-lasting. So spiritual disciplines, or, or, or our Guruji used to say, that uh, spiritual disciplines are uh, oh, oh, satisfying normal worldly desires is like uh, is like nectar in the beginning. Right, it tastes so sweet, but it becomes poison over time. It ruins your health, it ruins your, it takes away your freedom, like that. And spiritual discipline seems bitter in the beginning, right? That's, nobody doesn't, nobody doesn't. It's no fun in not eating chocolate, <laughs> for instance, right? <laughs> right. But it may lead. It brings ultimate uh, 
of joy. It becomes nectar in, 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 in the end. Attachment is the source of our pleasure now. We are attached to our friends, our relatives, we are attached to our intellectual and spiritual work, and we are and and are attached and are attached to external objects. And so we get pleasure from them. What again brings us misery, but this very attachment. We have to detach ourselves to earn joy. If only we had the power to detach ourselves at will, there would be there would not be any misery. That man alone would be able to get the best of nature who having the power to attach himself to a thing with all his energy has also the power to detach himself when he should do so. But it is difficult to cultivate an equal power of attachment and detachment. There are men who are never attracted by by anything. They can never love and they are hard-hearted and apathetic and they can escape most of the miseries of life. The people who don't love anything are not attached to anybody so they escape all the miseries. What type of life is that? Right, that Swami, Swamiji was not that type of person at all. You know, he had too much love for people. But a wall never f- uh, hard-hearted. But a wall never feels misery. A wall never loves. Is never hurt. Yet it is a wall after all. Mm-hmm. Surely it is better to be attached and caught than to be a wall. Therefore, a man who never loves, who is hard and stony, escaping most of the miseries of life, escapes also its joys. We do not want that. That is weakness. That is death. That soul has not been awakened that never feels attachment, never feels misery. That is a callous state. We do not want that. At the same time, not only do we want this mighty power of love, this mighty power of attachment, the power of throwing our whole soul upon a single object, losing ourselves and letting ourselves be annihilated, as it were, for other souls, which is the power of the gods, you want to go even higher than the gods. The perfect man can focus his whole soul upon one point of love, yet he is unattached. How does this come about? There is another secret to learn. Very beautiful. <coughs> that is Swami Gambarananda's love without attachment. That Usha often says that love, uh, yeah, love is always not attachment. It's to throw your whole soul into everything and with full with full attachment to to be attached without attachment it's very interesting and you see our problem is that we peop- we love we have some version of love and when we something we just differentiate we we even use like oh it's a materialistic love or or a uh, 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 selfish love like this but that it what it is it's love it's the same atta- it's it's attachment but not not uh, 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 Attachment. I can't say it's attachment with attachment. It's attachment without not attachment, <laughs> which means it's selfish. Right? You know, like you you surrender to somebody, but in a selfish way. And you can see from I love you to I hate you, sometimes is one conversation. Mm. It doesn't take much, you know. Mm. Right? And, and to I love you to you know it, to you know I'll kill you. So I mean, as you see these things, I mean, it's it's, ama- it's amazing. That, like it's so they're so close. It's the love is there in some way, but it's because there's no the, the attachment is there, which is part of the definition. Attraction, and attachment is is also one of the the dynamics of love, but it's without detachment. It's not. It's a diff- It's a selfish love, right? And and so and 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 sometimes we would use we'd we'd say a selfish love isn't love, right? It's love. It's a different type of. Are you okay in the sun, Samiji? Come in the shade. Otherwise, you get a headache. Come. On. 
You always, we always put you right in the sun every time. <laughs> There's another secret to learn. The beggar is never happy. The beggar only gets a dole with pity and scorn behind it. At least with there's a thought behind that, that, that the beggar is a low object. He never really enjoys what he gets. We are all beggars. That's the next step. <laughs> because just like a beggar, you know, it's like, you get some, you know, you spare some change, you know, you give. And that may allow to some food in the stomach, but that's the same type of um, uh, mentality we have, whether, even if we're rich. Whatever we do, we want a return. We are all traitors. We are traitors in life, we are traitors in virtue, we are traitors in religion, and, we are, and alas, we are also traitors in love. If you come to trade, if, th if it is a question of give and take, if it is a question of buy and sell, abide by the laws of buying and selling. There is a bad time and there is a good time. There is a rise and there are fallen prices. Always expect the blow to come. It is like looking in a mirror, your face is reflected. You make a grimace, there is, on, there, there is one in the mirror. If you laugh, the mirror laughs. This is buying and selling, giving and taking. So in, in the Bhakti Yoga, he gives a beautiful, he call, I think he calls it triangle of love, I think, mm -hmm. right? That his definition of real love, and one of the, and it's like love knows no fear, love knows no... Uh, uh, well, it's really bad, it's like a central part of some of Vivekananda's Bhakti <laughs> Yoga, and I already <laughs> forgot it. Anyway, the, the, the one that the, the love knows no bargaining, right? No what? No bargaining. Bargaining. Right. It's like, you know, I, because usually it is, I love you and you love me. And that's a natural, it's a natural relationship. So as relationships develop, right? And, and, uh, and, or I love you because you, you satisfy my desire in a certain sense. That's often, sometimes it's an emotional desire to be loved. That's natural. That's not, that's a, that's a natural state, right? And so we love somebody so that we can we can feel love, or we love somebody so that they take care of us, or we love somebody that they you know there's always there's this give and take, and as soon as the give and take doesn't doesn't happen, then we give it up, right? And so somebody says the divine, the real love, the divine love, and especially the love of God is not like we put that just like we have that in our relationships as people, right? We also have that relationship with God, right? I love you, and then what are you going to give me, right? Yeah, maybe we get to go to heaven. Right or uh, or better rebirth depends on rebirth. some religions you go to heaven because if you if you if you lo I'll love you and and accept your and accept your love if you even that it's like it's like it's like okay it's one yeah. thing to love God and get the result but even the way it's presented you accept God's love and you'll get this result if you let God love you then He'll save you right you know <laughs> and uh, uh, if you don't let it so it's, it's weird it's, I never really <laughs> thought of that it's an interesting yeah, that's an interesting, interesting <laughs> the language like if you if you let you accept God's love for you. If you don't, right? That's also weird. Yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting dynamic, you know. I mean, it's, this is a, a, a small corner of the whole thing, but it's an interesting perspective, right? Uh, but uh, or we get a re re better rebirth, or you know, I, I pray, I pray, I'm, I come all the time to the temple and we do our puja and we 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 teach our children to love God, and still we lost this job. Right? What type of God is that? You know, like you know. Uh, so we we. Hmm? The, uh, 
Oh yeah, all that, 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 yeah, we, yeah, that's a great, um, what's her name? Rabia. Rabia. Rabia, 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 maybe. And she said that the th three or four small fragments we have of her life, of her statements, is that uh, I shall, I, she has a torch in one hand and a bucket in the other. Right, she says, with the torch I shall burn down paradise, and with the bucket I shall put, away, put out the fires of hell. Right, so because this way we'll know what religion is. If you take this idea of, of heaven and hell out, do, what, where is love of God? Is it still there? With, beyond the punishment and the uh, potential punishment and, or the extreme gain, reward. Right, to love for love's sake, right? And the other one that she, that's the one you mentioned, the other one that says that uh, uh, her prayer that if, Lord, if I worship you, if, if I worship you, to attain paradise, deny me paradise, and if I worship you to avoid hell, burn me in hell. Right, so I want to know, if, but if I worship you just out of love for you, then you please accept, accept me as I am, something like that. Some wording like that, very beautiful. This is a very high, I think. But we are beggars and businessmen, as Swamiji says. <laughs> Language of trade. lost my page. Where is it? Hmm? I think it's here. We get caught. How? Not by what we give, but by what we expect. We get misery in return for our love. Not from the fact that we love, but from the fact that we want love in return. There is no misery where there is no want. Desire, want, is a, father, is a father of all misery. Desires are bound by the laws of success and failure. Desires must bring misery. The secret of, success, of true success, the topic of this lecture, of true happiness then, is this. The man who asks for no return, the perfectly unselfish man, is the most successful. It seems to be a paradox. Do you not want, uh, do we not know that every man who is unselfish in life gets cheated, gets hurt? We see unselfish people get hurt all the time, right? Yes, apparently he does. Christ was unselfish, and yet he was crucified. Right, here's a classic example. The most unselfish person, he was crucified. Yes, apparently, uh, Christ was unselfish, and yet he was crucified. True. But we also know that his unselfishness is the reason, the cause of, the, of a great victory. The crowning of millions upon millions of lives was the blessedness of true success. A beautiful example. So while even the, the unselfish person may, may get the, the uh, raw end of the deal, but what, what did he, he you know, what is it? Then he could say, as I think in the letters of Paul, you know, death, where is I sting? You know, that you know, he's, he's victorious. Unselfish means ultimate victory. Put. Ask nothing, want nothing in return. Give what you have to give, it will come back to you. But don't think of that now. And we well, oh, like those who you know, uh, like, g give knowing it will come back to you. But if you think it's going to come, if you <laughs> give because it's going to come back to you, it won't come back to you. You want to get, or you want to get that amount back, right? That's the problem. 
what uh, that uh, the eccentric Swamiji that came many years ago, the Mahadevananda. Uh, he, when we we first made our little booklets, our first chanting booklets and those little booklets, I made a whole bunch of them. We spent the whole, we printed them on Usha's computer. It was very simple, not so fancy. Still some of the char- fun book, sweet books of Kali Mandir. We printed a whole bunch of them and we were selling them for $5 at the big puja. Right? At that time that Swamiji came and he was in silence, he wasn't speaking. And he was a little difficult so silence is easier to do with him. He was a sharp-tongued Swami, <laughs> sharper than me. Uh, uh, but anyways, he then he and he, he I gave him I, I gave him a copy I gave him a stack of my books and uh, these little booklets that we made, uh, uh, and then the next day he came back to the on, 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 that was on Friday or Saturday on Sunday he came back and he wrote back and says Swamiji I read the books they're very good, right they're spiritually correct and the mantras are accurate and those who read them will get benefit, right so that's all very very good. Said. And then he said and if you sell them if you sell them for five dollars you'll get five dollars. You know, that, that, like, right? and, uh, and if you give them away, you'll get the world. Right? That was the thing, right? Because it could be put a price on it. Naturally, we, make, we have to we put a price on books, right? But that was his, his, his secret, of his glory, of what we learned from that Swamiji is the power of giving. He gives and gives and gives and gives. As a result, he is unlimited. But he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't have a business mind. Right? If, I, if I sell it for $5, I get $5. Right. And if you don't, if people think it's too much, you don't get the five dollars. You know, it's like it's it's the ro- if it's in the realm of, of business, it's going to be the realm of business, right? You'll get what you put into it naturally, right? But if you if you give without considering that, you'll get everything. But if you think of it, then you then it's business, right? Well, you see, if 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 I if I if if I, if, if I serve in, in, in love in in a, in a human relationship, selflessly, the result would be a wonderful, loving, deep relationship. But if I do so thinking, I'm going to get happiness from you. It's going to spoil the whole thing. You only get as much as we get. It spoils the whole thing. It's a very nice... Don't think of that now. <laughs> ask nothing, want... Uh, 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 was, uh, ask nothing, want nothing, return. Give what you have to give. It will come back to you. But don't think of that now. It will come back multiplied a thousandfold. But the attention must not be on that. There's a verse in the um, at the end of the last line of every puja. There's some version of this mantra at the end of every puja that says, like, uh, 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 we do Sri Ramakrishna uh, Arpana, right? Arpana Astu. Or Krishna Arpana Astu at the end of a, of a puja like that. Or Guru Charana Arpana Astu. So it says that, that the final thing is this puja that we've done, may the fruits of that puja, we, or Brahma Arpana Astu, that's the most, I mean, may it be offering to Brahma, be offering to Krishna, may it be offering to Ramakrishna, be offering to the Guru, right? And and uh, uh, and there's one there's a couple of reasons we do that. One is that otherwise, the, because in the realm of karma, right, the results of the pujas have a karmic result. And if those results come to us, both good and bad, they may not be what we even the good results may not be good. Like it says, Om Swaha. By the saying, Chandi says by saying Swaha, all the gods are fed, and by saying Swadha, all the ancestors are satisfied. Now, if I feed, if I, if I, there's a hungry person outside and I give them some food, there's punya to that. I get benefit. There's merit, a good karma for that, right? And so if I'm feeding, imagine if I, by one simple thing, I'm feeding all the gods and all the ancestors, right? There's tremendous punya possible, right? And so the result of the tremendous punya may not be what actually I want, right? You know, the, the result would be I'm doing this puja to make spiritual advancement, and the result of it is I get, a, I, I get, I get riches, or I go to heaven, 
or I get a, a be born in, in a rich family where I forget God completely and be raised by selfish parents and you know <laughs> and, and holiday who knows what the future what the fruits of that's going to be so we don't want so sometimes we don't actually want the actual fruits of the puja so we get to let may God have the fruits I'm just doing it out of love right or or in that world of give and take in the in the world of karma right if I say the mantra wrong there may be a result right and that fruit will also come to me right the class is a classic example uh, 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 in the Mahamritanjaya Mantra, is it? Uh, Mamritat. Right? Ma- Mamritat means kill me. <laughs> Mamritat give, grant me immortality. <laughs> we have a CD, right? Namakripa, I think it is. Uh, that CD, right? Where I chant, uh, we chanting at the big, big puja, we chanting Mahamritanjaya Mantra as a group. Right? And I played it for the Swami Oman and the Puri, a wonderful Swami. He's listening. He goes, huh. <laughs> he says you're asking Shiva to kill you. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> but luckily, the, the, our our mood towards this is, of course, we know what Shiva knows what we, we're asking for, and we, we're not thinking of anything like that, right? Mom, better to give a, a to overemphasize the long a. Mum amritat, not mumritat. Mum mritat means kill me. Mum amritat means grant me immortality. Wow. Right, <laughs> right. So there's a danger, and and I mean, if that's this is a this is a very well known month. This is a month that we've been chanting for thirty years, our entire adult spiritual life, right? And we got it wrong. <laughs> what about like, okay, everybody, we're gonna we do some cool tantric mantras of Dashma Vijas. Oh God, who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's gonna, what is gonna, if there's any mistake in the world of if if it's if we're if we're dealing with like in business, you pay, you know, you 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 order something worth this amount, you're gonna get that only. If it's a good business, right? So, so by saying Brahmadapanam, see Krishnadapanam, is offering to God, right? So we don't. Therefore, so we're not doing with any intention. But it also says, if you say that, right, then it comes back to you a thousandfold. Holy Mother said, if you say Brahmadapanam too at the end of the puja, the results come to you so much more, right? So it's so it's both. I don't want the results, right? Because I'm I'm not in the world of of, of buying and selling. I'm not doing this for the results, yet. By doom, this attitude gives so much more results. But if you think, oh, I'll get really good results if I say Brahmarapanam, <laughs> then you don't mean Brahmarapanam. You're thinking, may I get all the big, even bigger yeah. results, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a very tricky thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, Swamiji, so there's a, uh, isn't there a, a mantra at the end that says, please forgive me? If yeah. I yeah. That's the most important. Yeah. But what if you mispronounce that mantra? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem is, I know I mispronounce that mantra. <laughs> I mispronounce that mantra all the time. The second, there's two mantras we use. There's a whole bunch of mantras for that, but the second one I always mispronounce. The mantra asking for forgiveness, I mispronounce. So, <coughs> so actually, so it, in, in a weird way, it, it becomes uh, that the real selflessness is the highest selfishness. Right. If you want your highest good, be selfless, and you'll get the highest good. Right. But that's actually a very. I mean, this the background of this philosophy is ultimately Advaita. Advaita right. Is, why is that? Swami Vivekananda makes a very strong. There's all kinds of people making cases for what's the foundation of morality and moral principles, and like Swami Vivekananda says, the the the, the highest principle is. Like when Jesus said, do unto others what you want to do unto yourself. And we find that in equivalent sayings, that golden means or whatever they call that. They find almost identical sayings in almost every religion. Right? So it's important, obviously, or it's something that's been discovered by, by sages and saints of all times. 
right? But, uh, but in the Upanishadic version, it's it's the reason why it says that. Is it, why is that? Because by doing good to others, you actually you actually do do good to yourself. There's only one, right? There's a, there's the the that that by living selflessly for others, we're actually serving ourselves. It's like pouring. Uh, uh, if you pour water on the roots, everything in the tree, that all the leaves, the, all the different, the millions of leaves of a tree, all are all, they're all separate, and they all can have different agendas, right? But you see so many plants, actually a lot of like even this plant here, right? This is a tropical country where it needs a lot of water, right? This type of plant, right? If you see the shape of it, it's designed to bring every drop of water that falls on any leaf directs it to the root. Right. Not not all not not all not all plants do this. It's plants that don't require much water don't have this type of leaf. Right. But almost all tropical plants, the leaves will be like this trap doesn't do that. Right. Right. It's different. It has a different agenda. Right. But this one's every drop. So if the tree, the, the root, the leaves aren't selfish. I'm going to get water for myself. <laughs> right. If it does, you know, and and or the classic Shri Prabhupada gives examples like the hand thinks I'm doing all this work. Right. Why should I put food in the mouth? <laughs> <laughs> it complains about everything and I'm the one working right so I shall eat it myself <laughs> it like this right it becomes foolish right and, and but what will happen is the hand may enjoy so much right but it will shrivel and die when the body dies but you put it in the mouth you feed this is, this is so real selfishness requires giving the food to somebody else you know and to, to, to the larger the larger thing Joseph Campbell story two cops we just heard that, yeah. Uh, from uh, uh, yeah, he says oh, that. Yeah, and the, and the, yeah, Joseph Campbell, that one in the uh, in the uh, sacrifice and bliss uh, section. Yeah, he talks about how people over will um, uh, heroically sacrifice themselves. You know, uh, even people they don't know. Right? And he says that that that's a moment when that happens. There's a, a, a mother will sacrifice for its child. But even a stranger will, will 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 do something, you know. As he points out, that one, one cop caught a somebody about to jump off a cliff, mm-hmm. right? And 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 he says that in, in interviews after he says that that he was he wasn't thinking. What about his duty to his family, right? It's like you know, he's if he if he gets pulled over, if he gets pulled over, if he gets pulled over, his family will be his parent, his children will be orphans. His wife won't have a husband, you know. It's like all that disappears. Not only his own things, but his duties to society, to his family, to everything, to his business. But he, he's, he, and he said that uh, if I would have let go, I would have died. Right. But, and so Joseph Campbell uh, quotes that as saying that, that there's a um, uh, uh, there's a moment of that of that one behind everything. It shines through. We, it shines through all the time, right? Because uh, that actually is the truth. Actually, th- th- this morning I was really thinking, maybe inspired by this, of Swami Lak- Swami Shivananda. Swami Shivananda wrote 300 books, right? And they can all be summarized in two sentences, two words, right? Be good, do good, right? That's that's on the cover of every one of his books, right? And it says, be good, do good, be kind, be compassionate, uh, inquire who who am I, know thyself, be free, right? And and, and think about it, because I'm a lover, so I've always loved Swami Shivananda, been very much influenced by him. And uh, and, and I remember one time when Devotee was like, man, you get like... This be good, do good, anything more? <laughs> you know, like, of course, there's much more. He wrote 300 books, commentating, right? But th- but today itself, as you were eating breakfast, I was listening to that like wandering Swami Shankarananda. I told you about who walked. You know, he was giving a, uh, a seminar online, right? And and it was it was broadcast on Facebook. I didn't have much time, but I, w- I watched 10, 15 minutes of it. And he mentioned 
he quoted, of course, he's the devotee of some Shivananda, and he says that if we think about in 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 when we're not selfish, and we're not when we're he describes that there's always in every situation there's this conflict in us. He gives a nice. I'll use his example because it's fresh in my mind. It's stuck in my mind. Like when you walk down the street, if you're walking down the street, eventually you'll see some garbage on the street. You know, some places more than others, right? So when you see garbage on the street, he asked the crowd like this at his, the seminar he was giving, "What do you when you see garbage in the street? What what thought comes to your mind?" And so people are giving different thoughts. What are the thoughts that come to your mind if you were to see garbage on the street? What would you think? Yeah, yeah, the different things that come into the mind. People are so disrespectful. Yeah, that's one thing. People are so disrespectful, right? Right. But, or it could also think that's one of the thoughts. It could also be, well, maybe I should pick it up, right? Yeah, or it's gross, right? Uh, I, I should pick it up. But if you pick it up, then you then he because he's a walker, right? He always think, how long will it be? So I see a trash can. Is yep. <laughs> that always, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> always the case? Like if, if I pick it up, which I should pick it up, right? Or it's like it's not my job to pick it up, right? So you see, the there's the a noble thing that comes. I should pick it up, right? But then other things come up with this tug, mm-hmm. this this tr- little slightly selfish, but not unreasonable. Mm-hmm. It's not my job to pick it up. Some jerk left it there. Right, it's gross. Maybe it's unclean. Maybe I'll get sick if I pick it up. Maybe it's dirty, right? Uh, 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 wh- if I pick it up, will I have to carry it a mile to find a trash can? You know, I've seen walk on the beach. We see garbage, and I always I'm I'm a, p- I'm a picker up of garbage yeah, on the street, yeah. but I always look up into the trash can. Yeah. If there's no trash can. I don't pick it up. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not. My whole walk's not gonna be carrying garbage. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. But you know that. <laughs> right. So he was like, but but and so you see, he said there's that, that inner struggle. You know, it's like it's like the selfless thing to do and the right and and, th- and even it's one of the things we should pick it up right and, but that's true in everything we do there's these this different struggle right but the self will always say be good do good that's its nature the the, the instruction of be good do good be kind compassionate isn't swami shivananda chastising a disciple it's the self it's always saying that be good do good be kind be compassionate See, there's one self in all it's you know it's like it's like if we don't if we listen to that everything changes you know the self, the, the selfless stance is, is the self is always telling you to be selfless, right? It's an interesting thing to be good and be, do good. Anyway, that was connected, you know. We are beggars. Where am I here? We're in smoky, we're in a smoky place of the, of the wood. They say that where there's smoke, there's fire, but actually fire reduces smoke. If you get the fire going, it's not a smoky. It's a, we've been lied to by that saying. Where there's fire, there's no smoke. Smoldering. Smoke. Govinda. We get caught how community. The great secret of success, the true happiness is this. The man who asks for no return, the perfectly unselfish man, is the most successful. Oh, I read that. Uh, it will come back to you a thousandfold, but the, but, but the attention must not be on that. You have the power to give, give, and let it end there. Learn that the whole of life is giving, that nature will force you to give. So g- nature will force you to give, so give willingly. Sooner or later, you must give up. 
you come you can you come into the world to accumulate with clenched hands and and uh, you want to take but nature puts puts a hand on your throat and makes them open this is a strong thing we're at this morning and there's even what were you quoting about this clenched hands uh, it was the eulogy at my grandfather's funeral when I That's was nine right. years old but I still remember it. and uh, the minister said when we're born we're born with our fists clenched we're grabbing but when we die our palms are out we let go yeah. and so but Swamiji says we, we, we clench our hands but nature itself grab you by the throat and make you let go right we're forced to i mean like we're attached to this body we're, we're going to have to let it go we're attached to our family we're going to have to let them go we're attached to our money we're going to have to let them go right like it's we're i mean our body's being ripped from us every day right <laughs> after a certain age it becomes more obvious right? every day it's like okay you know we're like let go <laughs> like, like it's nature itself is forcing us right and so, so in one point, since the recording time Shivananda, he says that uh, uh, we're gonna, since we're going to have to give everything up, why not give it up now? Right? And also, we believe, generally Hindus and yogas, that everyone will eventually have to realize there's, there's universal salvation for everybody. Everybody goes and gets the final thing. But that requires sadhana. That means everyone's going to have to do sadhana. Right? So why not now? Right? <laughs> if we don't do it now, we're going we're gonna to do it in some life or another. Right? Why not now? Everybody's going to realize, why not now? If, we're gonna, if, if things are going to be given up minimally at the time of death is going to be ripped from us right? but probably before then most of the stuff we get, all the things we collect will be taken before we, we things we spend so much time collecting right? that's what I'm um, uh, Dr. Therese, one of his gurus we, have our, we had to give up our attachment to a, to a, a barn owl we, we bought a, a, an owl box because we, we have too many rats in, the, in here so we wanted to attract an owl but Gosh darn it, bees have taken over, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, bees, right? Well, which is very nice, right? We're just hoping that the bees sting the rats, but <laughs> they won't have so We still have rat problem, right? In the garden here, right? But, um, but Dr. Tere said, he sees they spend so much time collecting honey. I'm the tree there? The bees box. are covering the hole. Yeah, it's, it's completely full. It's, it's, it's in a couple months, in a month it's been full. Huh? Yeah, it's very nice. It's great. And they're very gentle bees. They're not aggressive. We haven't been, nobody's been stung by one here. And I get stung by bees all the time. I haven't been stung picking, you haven't been stung picking flowers or anything. Uh, uh, but, but, so one of his 24 gurus is the, is the bee. He says that they it's so hard collecting honey. And then somebody comes and takes the honey. Right. Right. You know, it's like, it's, that, this is the thing that, that, that we work so hard. It's going to be taken away from us. So the bees, I learned from the bees not to be attached to my work. I work so hard, and so so much happens. So only other people enjoy my work. My my my, my work. I want to open that. Get people here. consider Sorry. Sooner or later, you must give up. You come uh, with with clenched hands. You want to take, but nature puts a hand on your throat and makes them open. Whether you do will or no, you have. Whether you will or not, you have to give. The moment you say, I will not, the blow comes and you are hurt. None, none is there who will not be compelled in the long run to give up everything. And the more one struggles against this law, the more miserable one feels. It is because we dare not give, because we are resigned enough to accede to the grand demands of nature that we are miserable. The forest is gone, but we get heat in return. The sun takes up water from the ocean to return it in showers. You are the machine for taking and giving. You take in order to give. 
Ask therefore nothing in return, but the more you give, the more will come to you. The quicker you can empty the air out of the ro this room, the quicker it will be filled with fresh air. And if you close all the doors and, any, and every aperture, that which is within will remain, but that which is outside will never come in, and that which is within will stagnate, degenerate, and become poisoned. A river is constantly emptying itself into the ocean and is constantly being filled up, filling up again. Bar not the exit into the ocean. The moment you do that, death seizes you. Very nice. The room you open the room, then the quicker you open it up, then everything comes. In. But if you close it up, you can hold it, but you're missing out on all this, and what's inside spoils. Right? Rivers are also die. <coughs> Be therefore not swamps. beggars. Hmm? They turn into swamps. They come into swamps. Yeah, and, and <laughs> swamps have their own glory, but that's not. It's not. I'm sure it's a big disappointment for a river. It's like it's. You know, it's, it's like the Colorado River doesn't meet the ocean anymore, right? You know, it's like it's like the very definition of a river is to rush to the. I mean, in, in poetic example, they rush to the ocean. You know, it's like it does other things, but it doesn't reach the ocean anymore. Very. That's not. That's not. That's not why rivers are born. You know. Be therefore not a beggar, be unattached. This is, this is the most difficult task in life. We do not calculate the dangers on the path. Even by intellectual recognition of recognizing the difficulties, we really do not know them until we feel them. From a distance we may get a general view of a park. Well, well, what of that? We feel and really know it when we are in it. Even if our every attempt is a failure and we bleed and are torn asunder, Yet through all this, we have to preserve our heart. We must assert our Godhead in the midst of all these difficulties. Nature wants us to react, to return blow for blow, cheating for cheating, lie for lie, <coughs> to hit back with all our might. It requires super divine power not to hit back, to keep control, to be unattached. Now this is, uh, of course, we sometimes we live such unnatural lives that we look back to the beauty of nature, right? Uh, that's the problem. We live unnaturally, so nature is a huge step up. This, our Guruji wrote a book called The Wise Monkey and the Sage. I mentioned this many times, right? And, and, it's, and the, the gist of the book is about how we live in unnatural lives. So they have a nice conversation, and the sage is asking the monkey, you know, to teach us, you know, you guys live so healthy, you live by nature, you control your food, you know, it's, it's a, a human, humankind has gotten so far from natural living. But then the one wonderful, uh, this one paragraph at the very end where the monkey asks, the revered sage, right, while we abide by nature, we are still bound by nature. You please teach us that knowledge that we can transcend nature and be free from nature. And then he initiates him into yoga and mantra and meditation and the whole, the whole spiritual science, you know. That's just the last paragraph. Right? But it's, very, it's a good paragraph. It's the whole thing. <laughs> how to get free from nature. Guruji's original point is we have to become at least uh, how human mankind has lived unnaturally. But even the law of nature is also a harsh law, right? Uh, 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 uh. Right. Things, uh, life eats life. Things kill things. You know, uh, 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 male monkeys will kill off the baby male monkeys that will challenge it in the future. You know, even um, a, uh, a cat has too many um, uh, too many kittens. One of them will be left left to die in order for the others to survive. Right? It's 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 a natural law is is, uh, is harsh, right? Divine but harsh, right? And so uh, nature will make us. Want, you have to. You have to. You have to live in this world. You got to play by the rules. Rules, right? That's. Uh, but 
the thing is that we have to at a certain point we have to fight against nature mm-hmm. right uh, uh, with what he called and he uses this great term and if you caught it super divine power we need to say supernatural power right super it's not supernatural power will help, will help you here super divine power nature itself you can overcome uh, our, our unnatural life by supernatural power but you can't con- you can't go past natural without super divine power every day we renew our determination to be unattached we cast our eyes back and look at the past objects of our love and attachment we feel how every one of them made us miserable we want to we went down to the depths of despondence despondence despondency because of our love we found ourselves mere slaves in the hands of others and we were dragged down and down and we make a fresh determination henceforth i will be master of myself henceforth i will control i will have control over myself but the time comes and it is the same story once again again the soul is caught and cannot get out the bird is in the net struggling and fluttering this is our life a very <laughs> life and a bird in the net very powerful image i know the difficulties they are tremendous and 90% of us become discouraged and lose heart and in the end often become pessimists and cease to believe in sincerity love and all that is grand and noble so we find that a man who is in the freshness of their lives had been forgiving kind simple and gentle become an old age lying masks of men their mind are a mass of a mass of intric- intricacy their lives exhibit a good deal of prudence perhaps they are they are not hot-headed they do not speak out but it would be better for them to speak out their hearts are de- their hearts are dead and therefore they do not they do not do so they do not cause curse or become angry but it is better for them to become angry a thousand times better to to be able to curse they cannot their death is in the heart their death in the heart for cold hands have seized upon it and they can no more act even to utter a curse even to use a harsh words <coughs> a very strong perspective when we we lose we, we we surrender we surrender to the way it is and we don't grumble right we lose uh, this is the way life is full of pain everyone's selfish and so we play along right in our in the youth we have oh ideal we're full of we're all everyone's an idealist when you're a teenager right, right out of high school you know we're the highest possible ideals but slowly slowly we lose our ideals and we we don't uh 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 what is that that uh the cat steven song where it's in, doing in two voices the oh, son and the father father it's called father and son right but even the, I, the the words are very powerful but the voice to me is the most important thing it's the angry the 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 anger of idealism in 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 the in the uh in the son right and then and the they're very what is it i forgot i forgot even the words but it's very gentle and yeah it's like look at me you know i'm old but i'm happy yeah 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 like but like no you know like but yeah yeah so this is this is a different version of that but the same type of thing you know better better to still have that you know not to lose that all this we have to avoid therefore i say we require super divine power superhuman power is not enough super divine strength is a necessary is the thing necessary the one way out by it alone we can pass through all the intricacies through all those showers of mir- of miracles we make uh, uh through these shower showers of misery sorry i'm totally wrong word through these showers of miseries and sorry 
By it alone, we can pass through all these intricacies, through these showers of miseries, unscratched. We, make, we cut to pieces, torn asunder, yet our hearts must grow nobler and nobler at all times. It is very difficult, but we, ha- we, but we can overcome the difficulty by constant practice. Actually, in the Gita, when Arjuna says, what you're telling me to do is not possible. Right? Arjuna tells uh, Krishna, you're asking, it's like to control the wind, it's not, it's not possible. Right? And what, what did he say? And but uh, to practice and and detachment, right? This is what by practically done, and by so that's the only way through it. You know, the the goal can only be attained by this, by by, by regular practice, practice again and again, and of course, what are we practicing? By detachment, It is very difficult. We have to overcome the difficulty by constant practice. We must learn that nothing can happen to us unless we make ourselves susceptible to it. As I have just said, no disease can come to me until the body is ready. It does not depend upon the germ, but upon a certain predisposition of the predisposition which is already in the body. We get only that for which we are fitted. Let us give up our pride and understand this. That misery never is undeserved. There never has been a blow undeserved. There never has been an evil for which I did not pave the way through my own hands. We ought to know that. Analyze yourself, and you will find that every blow that you have received came to you because you prepared yourself for it. The problem is that we prepared ourselves not always in this life. Right? So the problem without the knowledge of reincarnation and past life karmas and tendencies, right? this philosophy becomes very cruel. Right, it's used in the political field. It's like uh, the poor are poor because of what, uh, because of like. In the longer, larger picture, we don't know. It's not, but we don't know what the causes of the suffering are. But their causes must have been there from before. Right, <coughs> we have to, uh, that's not meant to be a cruel stance and insensitive stance. It's meant to be the most sensitive stance. Swami Vivekananda, that was he spent his life. And the way you raise is like, if the past has brought us like this. Our our, future, our our present will, will be the past eventually, right? So you change you change the mental thinking now, change the behavior, change the causes, and a glorious future will also come, right? We get only that which we're fitted. Let us give up our... Uh, uh, we ought to know that. Analyze yourself and you will find that every blow you have received came to you because you prepared yourself for it. You, d- you did half the external... You did half and the external world did the other half. That is how the blow came. That will sober us down. At the same time, from this very analysis will come a note of hope. And that note of hope is this. I have no control over the external world. But that which is in me and near unto me, my own world, is under my control. If the two together are required to make a failure, if the two together are necessary to give me a blow, I will not contribute the one which is in in my control. Then how can the blow come? If I get real control of myself, the blow will never come. There's a great, uh, uh, in the Dharma, in the Dharma, Dharmapada, it says, uh, 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 somebody, somebody was angry with, somebody was hurling abuses at the Buddha, and he was just sitting there. He says, why are you sitting there? He says, if, if the Tagata, meaning himself, were to give you an apple, and you were not to accept it, what would happen? Right? He says, well, then the Tagata would have an apple. Exactly, right. You're giving anger, but I'm not recipient, so it has no effect on me. It stays with you, right? The part he can't control somebody screaming at at, at the Buddha, 
but he can control, he's a Buddha after all. He can control <laughs> the Buddha. <laughs> Otherwise, what type of Buddha? You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you call somebody Bhajananda, not the Buddha. He <laughs> can control his own mind. Right. So the uh, so that's a that's a beautiful. I can control thy side. I can't control what's coming in the world, right? But I can control my side. And no, it takes a two to make suffering, mm-hmm. right? The blow will never come. From our childhood, all the time we've been trying to lay the blame upon something outside ourselves. We're always standing up to set, set right other people and not ourselves. If we are miserable, we say, oh, the world is a devil's world. We curse others and say, what, un- what ungrateful fools. But why should we be in such a world if we are really so good? If this is a devil's world, we must be devils also. <laughs> why else? Why, why uh, will we be here? If this is the devil's world, we're, then it's meant for us. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, the people of the world must be all devils also. Why else should we? Oh, no, sorry. Oh, the people of the world are so selfish. True enough. But why should we be found in that, in that company if we are so much better? Just think about that. We get only what we deserve. It is a lie to say that the world is bad and we are good. It can never be so. It is, ter- it w- it is a terrible lie to, our, to ourselves. We tell ourselves. This is a great lesson to learn. Be determined not to curse anything outside. Not to lay the blame upon anyone outside. But be a man. Stand up. Lay blame on yourself. You will find that, th- that that is always right. Get hold of yourself. It is, not a sh- is it not a shame that at one moment we talk of our manhood, of course Swamiji is a, a, a different period, talk of our manhood, of our being gods, of our being able to know everything, do everything, uh, uh, of our being blameless, spotless, and most, the most unselfish people in the world, and the next moment a little stone hurts us, a little anger from little jacks, uh, uh, a little stone hurts us, a little anger from a little, from a little jack, wounds us. Any fool in the street makes us, these gods, miserable. Could this happen if we were really such gods? It is, tr- is, it, is it true that we, sh- that, that we uh, is it true that the world is to blame? Could God, who is the purest and noblest of souls, be made miserable by any of our tricks? If you are really so unselfish, you are like God. How can the world hurt you? You will go through the seventh hell, unscratched, untouched. But the very fact that you complain and want to lay blame upon the external world shows that you feel the external world. The very fact that you feel shows that you are not what you claim to be. You only make your offense greater by heaping misery upon misery, by imagining that the external world is hurting you and crying out, Oh, this devil's world. This man hurt me. That man hurts me and so forth. It is, aiding, it, it, it is adding lies to misery. We have to take care of ourselves. That much we can do and give up meddling, minding others for a time. Let us perfect the means. The ends will take care of itself. For the world can, <coughs> for the world can be good and pure only if our lives are good and pure. It is an effect and we are the means. Therefore let us purify ourselves. Let us make ourselves perfect. That's today's morning reading and today's evening reading. That's good. You get the whole day to percolate a little bit in the mind. And it'll probably be tomorrow's reading for myself too. It's like, what is it? <coughs> Trying to get at it. 
But it's like if you want a perfect world, you have to become perfect, and you see a perfect world. In that, um, what have that? Uh, not Nikki Nash is the other one. Um, Origin of Yoga. Origin of Yoga. They interviewed this one Swami Brahmananda Yati, I think mm. his name, perhaps something like that. And, he, and he's full of joy. They could see mm-hmm. this person's face, and he says, and, and he says, they say it's Kali Yuga. Right? I don't see that at all. I see everything full of joy. <laughs> right? He says like a, because he's not in Kali Yuga. <laughs> you know, we ma- we make the world we live in. You know, and he sees. You know, but I'm sure the people right outside of his door they live in hardcore Kali Yuga. You know, very hard. I agree. You say you can change heaven into hell by changing the mental attitude. The changing the mental attitude is not easy, right. but not impossible. You just said difficult. The woman under says difficult, but not impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very, very big thing. Any other? What time is it now? Sorry, I don't have my phone. Six thirty. Six thirty. It's perfect timing. Any comments or vehement disagreements <laughs> or gentle disagreements? The Swami does a lot of points can be argued quite nicely against them, right? He's making a he's he's throwing something out, you know, right? <coughs> We were discussing the other day, we uh, reading, trying to read something. There's, I will always read above your reading level. <laughs> Keeps you stretching, right? So reading the uh, Yoga Vashishta Sada, right? So yes. it's a collection of the collection of verses from Yoga Vashishta. Yes. Essence, essence of Yoga Vashishta. Every verse is beyond my understanding. Right. It's it's from it's written from the other side, you know. From <coughs> that's that's good. I'm going to be proud to you <laughs> a thousandfold. But in it, but the, in the introduction to this book, he says that when you really read. Right. This is a, a, a hundred-year-old introduction of the compiler of the book. And when you when you it's like when you read Vedanta, makes it when you read when you read Vedanta, the conclusion what you want to do you want to renounce the world and go into a cave. This whole world is unreal and just just bask in the stuff, find the self, bask in the self. When you read Yoga Vashishta properly, right, you want to like engage. You want to you want to go out. You want to go to work and go and talk to your family and meet your friends, right, and not lose consciousness of the self. <laughs> Right, it, it makes you, it gets you desire to do that. Cause that was uh, uh, Sage Vashishta spoke to Lord Rama, convincing him that the knowledge of non-duality is best realized and best expressed, right, in the world of engaged in the world. Right, it's a different perspective. But he says you want to like, oh, I can't wait to like go out and practice, not losing my awareness of my of of, of the self while engaged. Right, but uh, I have to admit, it's like I can't, I can't, I can't wait to like. <laughs> withdraw from the world not have to <laughs> have it be a li- have it be a little bit easier <laughs> the, 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 but uh, but it is yeah how to be but he gives very very nice um, uh, that the back to Swami Shankarananda that that uh, in every moment you can not only just remind yourself so hum right or shivoham right but 
just that one little point really struck in my mind about the simple thing of walking down the street and seeing garbage on the street you know that's every moment we have we have we can we can see the self the, we call that i mean the self is speaking be good do good become, become it's it's speaking the truth it's speaking from that highest perspective right and we call that we'd call that you know conscience we have all kinds of, in, in regular language, we have all kinds of words for that. Still small voice. The still small voice, something like that, right? But, and actually, in almost any, there's a scene, you, I think you were there, that, uh, at our ashram. Uh, um, uh, uh, somebody brought some special sweets, right? And uh, the boys were supposed to, you know, they offer it to, to, uh, to Ma, and then they distribute it. Right? And it went to the way, and there was there became a, a fight. Usually the fight was little kids end up, like, throwing bricks at each other's heads, you know. <laughs> we have a dramatic little group of kids, right? It was a very, uh, because one of the kids didn't share the sweets, right? And he ate all the sweets and didn't tell the others, and they all found out, and big fight, and they all came and in, front of the, in front of Guruji. And, uh, uh, and Swami Omananda, he says, so very interesting to watch. It was a great lesson for everybody. Right? And the kids, maybe because they know Guruji's personality, they play along so they don't get whacked, you know, for <laughs> misbehaving and stealing sweets, you know. But also, it was, it's a beautif- it was a beautiful moment. And, 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 and so, he, so he told that boy, he says, like, you close your eyes. And the boy closed his eyes. Mm-hmm. Right? And he says, so you ask yourself, right, is it better when sweets come to the ashram, is it better to share with your brother disciples or to eat them all to yourself and not tell them about it? Right, and, and you can see, he's, he, like, like whether it was sincere or not, he closed his eyes. He says, "No, I see. I think it's better to share with my brother disciples." Right, so, okay, go. You know, it's like, but the simple thing we ask ourselves, the, we always know the answer. We don't need to ask Guruji. You know, should uh, should I do this? If it, uh, you know, it's like we, we 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 ask questions. We know the answers. Right, most of the time. Sometimes there's an intricate, there's a complication. Things get complicated. We tangle ourselves up, and sometimes somebody else to help. Untangle, you know, it's like, oh, you like Ruji saying, is it better to be selfish or to be selfless? <laughs> right? You know, it's like, well, it's better to be selfish. <laughs> okay, if you ask me that way, okay, I can come, I can come. You need help getting to the answer, <laughs> perhaps, you know. But I was thinking, we can ask, in every moment, all these things, all these voices come, and we, and we listen, there, there is that still small voice, but so at a certain point, it becomes a huge voice, it becomes a pounding voice, where it's not, a, not an issue that I should be selfish, I should, be, I should think for my, my own needs first. Right. I should only in this situation. I should see it should be for my benefit, primarily. And uh, uh, you know that's that the that answer will very rarely come. Right. And if it comes, you should think. <laughs> yeah, How maybe. do we? Because he's talking about like loving unselfishly mm-hmm. and, and with people all the time, but also there are people that take advantage of you. No. So there, no. There's there's a there's there's a thing is people. Well, the thing is, if you love yourself, people will take advantage of you, and you know that little cliche little thing within love anyway you know that little thing will <laughs> give anyway you know <coughs> it's it but it's yeah but it's it's still true it's still true people people are ungrateful if you love them ungrateful then but love them anyway you know there, there's that little thing that's also true but there's a certain point where it becomes like a what do they call that a codependent and it becomes emotionally un, unhealthy that you, also the still small voice will tell you this is not a good situation. <laughs> yes. Love them from a distance. Right. Sometimes, if somebody's abusive in the situation, then you, you mm-hmm. love does not mean be abused yeah. or be taken advantage of. Love is not taking advantage of anybody, not expecting anything from anybody. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a difference. Right? Uh, the problem is that because because of attachment, yeah. we love with attachment, but we don't expect anything. But we do expect any, mm-hmm. something. We're so attached mm-hmm. to being loved back mm-hmm. that 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 it's so it, that uh, I think real selfless unattached love doesn't lead to this type of, uh, of, uh, of uh, um, 
codependent type of situation or abusive situation. I think. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not. It's not an easy. It's not an easy thing. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I think the the the, the uh, uh, if, what's again if we ask ourselves, we'll, we'll, the answer will come even to that. And you can say at a certain point, you know, people maybe read a book or they go to some they go something and somebody t- helps them. Or you like you're being this is an un, this is an unbalanced uh, relationship you're being taken advantage of and like that. And sometimes it's like you have to sometimes you help somebody see that, right? Like, oh yeah, I can say I gave away, I totally gave away my power thinking I was loving and I was actually needy yeah. and I lost and the situation got out of control you know and love doesn't come from need even though we need to be loved actually but, but the thing is we need to love not to be in the problem we think mm. we need to love because of this give and take we think we, we so desperately want to be loved and therefore we love to be loved right but we need to be loved by <laughs> it's the thing is it's a re- it's the same thing yeah. it's just the, it's just a small thing that of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 in human relationship, we get we can get close, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you see, there's people we see that there's people. We, oh, people love us, uh, you know. Like oh, he loves me or she loves me on self uh, unconditionally. That's a huge statement. That that we we say, oh, you're a conditional love, and like, it, there's so many conditions to our love. But <laughs> once in a while, we once in a while, there are people who love us unconditionally, mm-hmm. right? You know, and and that's the yeah. The guru's a saint. <laughs> the guru loves us unconditionally. The saints and love us unconditionally. God, we believe, loves us unconditionally. Right, and and that's why we worship the guru and saints like God because they're the only ones they they're doing the one thing that we know God can do. We believe yes. God can do yes. that nobody else can do, right? right? And why we th- we say oh like uh, the God is mother. Mother is the most selfless, but even our earthly mothers aren't completely selfless, right? There's some conditions, you know, at a certain level, uh, perhaps something, but it's a clo- but still the saints say that the, the earthly mother's love for its children is the closest we can. G- it's it's pretty high. It's pretty close, right? But even that is is. Yeah, your yeah, your mother still loves you, right? And if your mother's a murderer, she still loves you. <laughs> That's the thing. A mother's love loves her child. Like even there's, there's mothers who, mur- I mean, of course, some mothers murder their, their children. That's a, that, but that's that's also all twisted. Yeah. You know, so it's a pure thing gets twisted. The problem is that we, we get everything all twisted, right? Selfishness that happens makes us not see the real thing, and we get all twisted. And then then we 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 try we're trying to be happy, trying to get love and be in love. Uh, we 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 enter a bargaining type of relationship, that's going to go bad, almost guaranteed. Not not almost guaranteed to go bad, right? Even at its best, it's temporary and, and unfulfilling. I think it's time. Okay, Daima. With that, we'll have to end, and we have to go worship the mother who loves us unconditionally. As long as you don't misbehave and do anything bad or think any bad thoughts, she'll love you, no problem. <laughs> Daima. Oh, anyways, Jai Swami Vivekananda.